In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 238th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, A Look at Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are 8-5, and 2-2 two and two in the NFC South, 5-4 and four in the NFC in the playoff race. In this episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to look at their offense. We're going to hear from Coach Raheem Morris about Brady and the offense. Look at the tail of the tape. Then go uh, back to Coach Raheem on the Tampa Bay defense. We'll look at the defense and talk about the emergency they have on their special teams units right now. Then just review on a Falcon matter of the coaches and GM candidate names that have come out thus far. Uh, so let's go ahead and get rolling here. Looking at the Tampa Bay's offense, of course, you know they signed Tom Brady, formerly of the New England Patriots, in the offseason. He has completed 322 of 497 passes for 3,496 3, yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions has a passer rating of 96.1. You know, they've been streaky. They uh, uh, seem to be finding their way and working out some kinks down there, uh, throwing the ball deep in uh, the risk-it, no-biscuit offense. Uh, hit one, a 48-yarder to Scott Miller last week against the uh, Vikings in a game that was a little bit closer than the final score. A little hard when the field goal kickers missed three field goals and one. Uh, extra point, but the Bucks prevailed to, to keep on marching towards the playoffs. Brady with Brady leading the way. Now, Ronald Jones, their top back, had a pin inserted in his finger, but he's right around 1,000 yards here. Uh, 180 carries, 900 yards, 6 touchdowns, 3.9 per carry. Now, they also picked up Leonard Fournette. Uh, who has 69 carries for 271 and three touchdowns, uh, 3.9 per carry. Now the receivers, which you know was always the strength of their team, um, doesn't look like they're running the the death by crossing routes that Brady used to do in uh, New England. They still trying to run it down the field, and uh, a lot of miscommunication still. When you watch them, it's not really in sync, um, you know. So, so you know that's just what it is. But it's good enough to be eight and five. And uh, Michael Evans, this is lows for him this late in the season, but fifty one for six sixty nine and eleven touchdowns though. So still red zone problem. Uh, Chris Godwin fifty one for five eighty seven and three touchdowns. You know, they signed Antonio Brown, uh, former Steeler, uh, controversial player with a lot of uh, issues. Uh, 
25 catches for 217 yards and no touchdowns thus far for him. Uh, you know, when Brady signed with the Bucks, his buddy Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement to go down there and play with them, and Gronk has 38 catches for 507 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, the aforementioned Scott Miller has 28 catches for 462 and three touchdowns. Now, um, Grunk, uh, they sent him on a um, Hail Mary right before the half, and the Vikings kind of beat him up, and the refs called it, put the ball at the one, and they were able to sneak a field goal in right at the buzzer. So, Grady will look for Grunk in uh, tough situations, and, and uh, he's still coming up. You know, took He got off to a slow start, you know, after taking a year off, of course, but... Uh, you know, he's uh, doing okay now with 38 catches, 507, and 5 yards. We're going to hear from Coach Raheem Morris about uh, his battles over the years with Tom Brady. I'm facing Tom Brady and the uh, New Look Bucks offense. You know, um, just, get, just get going with those guys. And um, obviously, um, they've gone through the whole process this year as well. They, they start off the season. Um, we trailed them early. Um, they had the ability to come out and start off hot. Um, they brought through some of their roles as well. Um, and now um, they're bouncing back, kind of their buy, really changed some of their identity and what they want to do together. So we're really excited to get ready to play, go, go play a really a playoff-driven team or a playoff-bound team and to try to play spoiler. You know, uh, when you get to these moments and get to those type of things, you want to go out there and you want to show you present your best self and what you can do and how you can do it. And it's certainly be an opportunity to present for us going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And does, I know, again, you'll again more on the film but does tom brady look like the tom brady we've always known does he look a little different this year besides the uniform you, you won't get the quote out of me saying tom brady doesn't look like tom brady and this is the one of the greatest players ever play our game um if not the greatest quarterback in our game certainly the winningest um and uh, we look forward to going to play a great opponent uh, we know who tom is uh, we've seen tom before in a nightmarish fashion and uh we look forward to going to play him again Justin was talking about if Wikipedia is correct, I had you in 2005 as an assistant DB coach with the Buccaneers facing Brady for the first time in your professional career. What do you remember from that game that he hits three touchdowns? Zach, it's like you're uh, connected with me on that one because uh, I tell people that story all the time. You know, in 2005, we, we, were, we were rolling. I felt like we were a pretty good defense. I felt like um, we dictated terms of line. I felt like we went out there and we absolutely were able to destroy anybody put in front of us um, with just our scheme and what we were able to do from a, um, a physical side of it all. We felt like we were just better than you, um, to, be, uh, to be quite honest. And Tom went out there and we started, I remember sending a bunch of blitzes out of him. We were running blitzes, double A's. We were running uh, people off the edge and we were running people all around him. And we had really good pass rushes and more set going right by him. And I vividly remember Tom Brady standing in the pocket and taking small hitches and not even thinking about the people sliding around his body as he delivered strikes down the middle of the field on our defense. So I thought it was really good. And I remember sitting in the box going, this guy is talented. You know, and uh, that was something I always tell people. It was one of the first times we faced him. It was one of the first times I faced him in my young career. And um, I just remember him standing in the pocket with such awareness, um, such pocket presence, and the ability to throw the ball in the pocket was, um, was fascinating and unbelievable to me. All right, that was Coach Raheem Morris. Questions by Justin Felder and Zach Klein. Justin of Fox and uh, Zach of Channel 2 WSB. Uh, we got to share the, the question period this year. All right, let's go to the tail of the tape. Uh, 
this uh doesn't look good here. We're gonna um, just try to break it down here for you. Uh, Falcons offense against the Bucks defense. They um if they got some issues here. Right off the bat, you got the number one rushing defense going against the number twenty fifth rushing offense. Uh, the Bucks only give up eighty point nine a game. The Falcons have only been able to amass uh, ninety eight point three. You know, we wrote about, you know, is Edo Smith the lead back? Coach uh, Raheem said Todd's still the lead back. Uh, but, you know, the carries suggest otherwise over the last three weeks. So, uh, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm thinking Quadri Allison's got to come up uh, at some point and help out. They've seen Brian Hill moved on from him to Edo. Uh, and Todd's clearly not healthy, uh, just getting eight, eight, and six carries in the last three games. Didn't play in the Raiders game. So they got to do something for the ground game because uh, they want to keep the ball away from Brady and his boys. And um, they got to uh, be able to block. Blocking is going to be an issue against Tampa Bay. Uh, just go over that real quick before we go on. The uh, Falcons gave up six. 12 sacks and 28 quarterback hits in the two games last year. They they couldn't block the front. Uh, it's all back. So, Sue, uh, Devin White at, at inside with Levante. Then you got uh, Shaq Barrett on the outside and um, Jason Pierre-Paul on the outside. So, uh, it's uh, going to be rough sledding for the Falcons' uh, offensive front. So they've got to run against the uh, number one rush defense. Now, also, the Bucks are seventh in total uh, defense, giving up 330.3 a game, whereas the Falcons are sixth. So 268, or no, they're 15th, 367.2, uh, 15th uh, in the league, uh, 25.2 scoring, 16th in the league. And then the Russian, as I said, 25th, and uh, net passing, 268.9. That's the best thing they do at 6 in the league. And uh, time of possession, the Falcons have been trying to win this. It's hard without a running game, but, um, you know, they're going to need to win it against the Bucks. They are 30 minutes and 30 seconds, which is 15th in the league, and Tampa Bay is 28 and 18. 28 minutes, 18 seconds, which is 27th in the league because they're just throwing the ball down the field. So they're not so much worried about running the clock as they are about scoring touchdowns. They got 30 of them. Brady's got 30. So they're 20. So they're scoring 28.5 is sixth in the league. Uh, that's the best thing they do on offense. The uh, total offense is 17th, a couple spots behind the Falcons at 358.2. Uh, rush games, 97.2 with uh, 26. Uh, net passing, 261 at 11th. So, potent passing. And uh, that's what they do uh, best on offense. Now, the Falcons' defensive numbers, they were starting to get a little better. And uh, they're stagnating now again. Uh, 24.8 points, which is tied for 16th. The uh, total offense, 390.6. 28th, yeah, so that's the 28th ranked um, defense going against the 17th ranked offense. So, uh, 10 spot differential is favor to the offense there. Uh, Russian, now that this is the Falcons are top 10 in Russian uh, defense, 108.8. Uh, and, you know, 
Ah, in the first game against, in the first series against the Chargers, they ran the ball at will, nine for 46 yards. So that opened up the passing, I think. So I don't know if that, you know, when the, when the U28 then pass defense, they don't have to run. So, but um, they didn't do a good job. They have been doing a good job against the run, but did not against uh, Austin Eckler. He was, uh, had a good game there. Uh, opponent passing their 30th in that 281.8. You saw the rookie just zip it down the field in two plays and get in the field goal range. Knew right where to go with it. So not going to be any fooling Tom Brady on Sunday. Uh, they're going to have to reach down in their bag and find a pass rush somewhere and get after the old guy. Turnover differential. We have that. The Falcons are... Um, Plus three, tied for 12th, and the Bucks are plus five, tied for eighth. So no big, uh, no big uh, deal there. You know, turnovers will be key as always. Uh, but um, the big one is the uh, run defense against the Falcons' run offense, which has been struggling. Well, let's go and hear from Coach Raheem Morris on the Bucks' defense. Now you're on. <laughs> uh, we have time for one more question. Anybody? I couldn't feel it again. I could just feel it. He did ask four questions. Oh. <laughs> I, I got more. Good, <laughs> Elad. What about uh, the kid, Shaquille Barrett? He had the 19-5 last year, and he's got eight now. Um, you know, kind of late bloomer. Uh, you know, you gotta control him, and then worry about JPP once, once uh, you know, y'all get into planning for them guys. D-Lad, they're a problem on defense. There's no, there's no doubt about that. You know, JPP was a free agent last year. We got a chance to really evaluate him and, and and go through the process of seeing if we can acquire him on our football team as well. Um, obviously, the Bucks resigned him and got him back there. You know, Shaq Barrett was a tag last year, um, but he certainly was in early preparations of things that you might consider. Um, and then watched him last year when he came to Tampa and absolutely, you know, just jumped off the tape and was able to contribute as fast as he was and as quickly as was. Uh, we had some prior knowledge of a guy who had coached him out in Denver, uh, Richard Smith, talking about him and having a lot of really positive things to say about Shaq Brown is absolutely come to fruition uh, within the last two years. Uh, we know how they're going to play. They're a well-coached unit by Todd Bowles. Um, they got a lot of um, um, really good, talented football players on that team. Uh, we know what type of uh, um, challenge they bring to us. But we also got ready to deal and come out with our own challenge of our own. And when you lose a game like you did yesterday, it does nothing but inspire a little bit of fire in all of us and put a little something deep in your belly that you got to go out and compete against the very best. And we got an opportunity this week. All right. That was Coach Raheem Morris on the Bucks defense. Now, um, yeah, I want to – I got that cleared up for the fifth item. Fourth, go to that defense. Todd Bowles' defense um, – Ran some numbers on them. It's the second. They were the most uh, number one in most blitzes in the league, but now they dropped to two. They will blitz on 38.4% of the snaps. So they're coming. They're coming. Uh, four. They might. Uh, they might. They might. Uh, drop. Uh, come with three and drop eight. That's what Coach Raheem told me and uh, told us. And. Um, or they might just go five and uh, come send five and then, you know, play defense with the rest, with the other six. So, um, you know, they're going to be blitzing. 
The Steelers are the only team that blitz a little bit more, 42.1%, 217 times. So Todd Bowles, we know him, uh, was Arizona, was a candidate for the head coaching job, got um, got the Jets job when uh, uh, Dan Quinn got the Falcons job. Things didn't go up, up there that well for him. It was pretty dysfunctional. So, But uh, he came back as Tampa Bay's D.C. with uh, his college coach, uh, Bruce Arians, and uh, also our um, good friend of the program, Keith Armstrong, is on that staff as their special teams coordinator. But we're on defense right now. We'll get to special teams here later. Uh, but the um, Devin White's their leader at 118 tackles and five sacks. Levante Davis second with 99. Uh, Anton Winfield Jr., his dad's a former Ohio State Buckeye, Minnesota Viking in the league, was one of the great nickelbacks of his time. But his son's a safety, a hard-hitting one, too. Um, he's on third on the team in tackles with 81. So, you know, Levante David, is uh, he's uh, second with 99. Shaq Barrett, we've been talking about him already. He's got eight sacks. He, had, he was the one with the 19.5 last year. And uh, Jason Pierre-Paul leading them with 9.5. Jason Pierre-Paul, now uh, Coach Raheem dropped that little nugget on us that the Falcons tried to sign him over the offseason when they were looking for defensive end help. Uh, they also tried to sign Robert Quinn, who flipped the coin and went to Chicago. He, I didn't look and see if he's doing much this year. Uh, but they ended up with Dante Fowler, who um, is, uh, you know, and hasn't done too much for the Falcons this year. Three years, $45 million. So, and uh, Nama Kinsu is uh, also with Tampa Bay. He's got five uh, sacks. And I, when I watched them early in the season, I really liked the safeties. Jordan Whitehead and uh, Winfield, um, they're just buzzing around the field, lighting people up. Uh, you know, Carlton Davis, um, you know, they didn't do too good against Kansas City trying to play them man-to-man, but, hey, they went for it. But I like the little safety, so they, they might have that back end uh, tightened up back there. And then also, as a side note, um, cousin Jeremiah Ledbetter, former six-round pick of the Detroit Lions, is on the 53-man roster, although he, was, uh, he backs up in the interior there uh, along the line, D-tackle. And uh, he was inactive, though, last week when they played the Vikings. So he's been up for one game this year, and we'll see if he's going to play against the Falcons and get him some run uh, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, and then uh, kind of breaking news today with the Tampa Bay special teams, Suck Up, Pinion, and Trenner, the punter, kicker, and long snapper all went on the COVID reserve list today. So, um, you know, that's uh, – I mean, um, you know, if it's contact tracing, they can get off in time. If they got a quarantine for 14 days, then they're going to have a whole new operation on on Sunday when they come here to play the Falcons. So I think that's uh, – yeah, Jen, then let's just wrap up here. That's all on the books, but we got to wrap up with some Falcon matters here. Uh, you know, coach, I got the coaching list here. We're, um, you know, just keeping track of uh, the candidates – that, you know, we're hearing as potential candidates. We don't have the official list, but uh, Nate Hackett has been uh, thrown out there. Green Bay uh, quarterbacks coach Arthur Smith 
Tennessee OC, Eric Bienemy, Kansas City OC, Brian Debo, Buffalo OC, and then of course Raheem Morris is in there now uh, as the interim coach trying to impress uh, the Falcons. And on the GM list, we um, the three we had on league sources uh, first was Terry Fontenot and uh, Rick Smith and Brad Holmes were reported elsewhere first, but we um, heard those, confirmed those. Uh, Reggie McKenzie was reported uh, by Schefter, but we haven't been able to confirm uh, other than that they, they he has had fillers from the Falcons in Houston. So um, And then Champ Kelly uh, of Chicago. So Fontenot, McKenzie, Rick Smith, Brad Holmes, Champ Kelly. Uh, we also heard Jerry Reese's name, former Giants. Um, former Giants GM. So uh, that's where we're at right now in the coaching search. Got three weeks to go. Nothing official. They can't talk to people until their seasons are over. Whereas I pointed out to them, they could talk to Rick Smith and Jerry Reese because they're not on teams right now. Uh, we also heard Ray Farmer, former uh, Falcons exec. Uh, also heard his name that's uh, interested. We we know, we talked to Lewis Riddick. He would be interested, but we don't know if they've contacted him or if he's on the list. I know some, um, it's been reported that he's a candidate, but we haven't been able to, um, you know, dignify that, you know. We haven't, uh, when we asked about him, they said, hey, there's a reason why he's uh, doing TV, so. But we like Lewis. And just want to wrap up here on a little quick study today because uh, everybody keeps asking uh, offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter about tight end Hayden Hurst. And, um, you know, he's still he's playing with an ankle injury. He kind of let that out. Uh, but he's caught 43 of 71 passes for um, 475 yards and three touchdowns. So he really could help Ryan out with Julio being in and out of the lineup, but he hasn't been able to – to do it, uh, this catch percentage rate is kind of low, 60.6%. And I looked up Hoopers from 18 and 19, and Hooper was 80.7, 77.3 in uh, 19, and 80.7 in 18. So, um, you know, he was pretty dependable, and I didn't even go, I'm not going to go compared a kid to Tony Gonzalez, but I'm pretty, pretty sure his was in the 80s, might have been 88. Um, and then just for comparison's sake, uh, Hooper has been hurt a little bit in Cleveland this year. He's only got 30 catches on 44 targets, 286 yards, and two touchdowns, but his catch percentage is still near 70%. He's 68.7. So, um, you know, that's where we're at here. Uh, we're gonna um, you the Bucks. This is gonna be tough. They got the Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks. They can't block. Well, they couldn't block them last year. Somehow pulled off that win last year. Uh, but um, you know they're gonna have to block a little better, man. Um, for Matt Ryan, you can't let your quarterback get lit up like that 14 times and uh, six sacks. I mean, you're gonna the screen game has been horrible. They can't run the draw. The running game has been off. Man, this got a potential to be a bad little um, slippery slope here at the end of the season. 
So, um, with that, I think we got everybody caught up on everything. We're going to get on out of here. Of course, we like it when you follow us on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. Go to our website, AJC.com, and uh, bookmark that Falcons page so we can hit you with everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Also, you can go on Facebook and follow us on uh, Atlanta Falcons News Now. Certainly appreciate you stopping by and listening to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is the 238th episode. Take care and have a great rest of the week. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.